Well, Merry Christmas from Theology for You. Thank you guys for listening. I hope this finds you well. We're heading into the new year. This will be our last episode for the year. Um, thank you uh, for listening uh, like you have and uh, the encouragement uh, that you've given uh, to me. Um, and Victoria, so Merry Christmas from the Wilsons and uh, we hope you had a, a good one this episode probably finds you a few days after Christmas and that's okay so just uh, want to make sure that we said Merry Christmas and want to continue in this episode with looking at two more uh, Christmas carols and we're going to look at uh, the truths uh, behind them uh, so Thank you again for listening. And two Christmas carols I want to look at in this episode are What Child Is This? and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Um, our church uh, last Sunday uh, did something called A Night of Carols. And we did both of these and talked about them. So if you go to church with me, I'm sorry. A lot of this is going to be a, um, it's going to be a repeat and I need to grab my glasses because I'm getting old and it's hard to see without them. So there we go. You've got that. And apparently Carson has had my glasses because they are very messy. So what child is this? And God rest ye merry gentlemen. Uh, a lot of good truth. And what we're going to do is kind of look at um, these songs and four different themes within these songs. Um... These songs are just these Christmas carols. When you, we don't sing them that often, um, and we probably should. I should probably sing them more at my own church. Uh, but where we don't sing them often, they're they're somewhat familiar, but at the same time they're not. So I don't think the truth, uh, the deep truth that's in them, uh, that uh, really gets us. I don't think we really under understand or really catch it because we don't we just don't we don't sing them that often so um so let's do what child is this and then after that i'm going to sing god rest you married gentlemen then we'll look at uh the four themes and i'll kind of lay them out and we will go from there so here we go what child is this Why lies he in such mean? 
state where rocks and deaths are Good Christians fear for sinners here. The silent word is bleeding. Nails, spear shall pierce him through the cross. He Since golden myrrh compares and king to own him, the king of kings, salvation brings their loving hearts and throne him. Raise, raise a song. Child is this, and next, God rest ye, merry gentlemen. God rest ye, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From Father, a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name, oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, Tidings of comfort and joy Fear not then said the angel Let nothing you affright This day is born a Savior Of a virgin bride To free all those who trust in Him From Satan's power and might Tidings of comfort and joy, 
comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. So there you go. Hope you sang along with us. What child is this? And uh, God rest ye, merry gentlemen. Um. These songs, the songs that we sing at church, they're meant to engage our thoughts, to inflame our affections. Uh, the truth, God's truth, always goes after our minds, goes after our hearts. Uh, truth is the kindling of the fire of our affections. Truth is the kindling of of the fire of our affections. Uh, if we, in our worship, if we only focus on the mind, then we end up having really a, a, a lifeless and a heartless uh, theology. If we only focus on the heart, then we have a, uh, a sentimental doxology, a sentimental response of praise that's devoid of any theology. Biblical theology, biblical truth, always leads us to biblical praise so it's not it's not a question of uh, theology or doxology or a question of uh, as a church as a Christian should I go after my mind or should I go after my heart it's always theology unto doxology and it's always the interaction of the mind for the action of the heart and I think we see this so well just in these um, in these songs, uh, what child is this? It says, so bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. But that's a response after nail spear shall pierce him through. The cross he bore for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. That's theology. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him raise raise a song on high the virgin sings her lullaby joy joy for christ is born the babe the son of mary so it's always theology unto doxology theology leads to our response of praise so i just want to cover four themes that we see honestly in many different christmas carols um and then We'll go from there, and we will call it 2015 for Theology for You, and um, we'll um, cover um, our new schedule. So our four themes are Jesus Brings Joy, Jesus Brings Joy, Jesus is the King, Jesus is the Savior, and then Jesus is the conqueror. So first off, Jesus brings joy. Last uh, Christmas episode we had, looking at these songs, we sang joy to the world. And that's a pretty obvious one. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. And God, rest you merry gentlemen, says, remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O oh, tidings 
of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. And what child is this? We've already uh, mentioned this. But joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the son of Mary. Joy, great joy. And as we look at the biblical story, the biblical birth narrative of Jesus and Luke, we see from chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, that the angels talking to the shepherds say, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the angels brought good news of great joy to the shepherds. The joy was for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. So you see that Jesus not only brings joy to the nation of Israel, but he brings joy to the nations, to all the people. And if you'll remember, I believe we've mentioned this before, but in Genesis, God promises Abraham that he would be a blessing to all the nations. It says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Paul in Galatians 3 and 4 says that the gospel was preached to Abraham and that this gospel is that Jesus is the promise kept, the promise answered that God gave to Abraham. Through Jesus, all the nations will be blessed. You see that in Revelation uh, 5. And you ransomed for God, people from every tribe, language, nation, and people. And this is good news of great joy. Such good news, such great joy that the angels, even in Luke 2, I believe it's verse 14, they exclaim, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is good news of great joy for all the earth. John Piper has two little advent devotionals his first one that he did was called good news of great joy and he points out that in matthew's uh, narrative of jesus's birth the wise men come the magi they weren't israelites they were they were gentiles and these gentiles they come and they come to worship the king they come to worship jesus you see that in Matthew 2. And then Matthew ends his book in chapter 28 by Jesus giving a commission and saying, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Make disciples of all nations. Take this good news of great joy to all the nations. Jesus. Jesus brings joy. Not just any joy. Great joy. Second, Jesus is the king Jesus is the king. I'm going to go over joy to the world again. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. He rules the world with truth and grace. And since Jesus is the king, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And where is this curse found, you might say? All over the world he rules the world with truth and grace 
what child is this? It says, this, this is Christ the King. The last verse that we sang says, the King of Kings, salvation brings. And as you might expect, <laughs> we find this truth as well in the birth narrative of Jesus. Um, Luke in chapter 1 uh, is uh, giving to us Elizabeth's response to Mary. When Mary comes to visit her before Jesus was born, and while Elizabeth was... Um, I believe still pregnant with John the Baptist. And she says to Mary, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So even in the womb, Jesus is Lord, which is another word for King. Jesus is the King. Luke again and chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is the promised King. He is the Lord. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the promised Son to David from Second Samuel 7. That He is the one that God promised to David would sit on His throne forever and ever. And Jesus, when he came in his ministry, he came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom because he, the king, had arrived. Luke 4.43 says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. And then Jesus tells the Pharisees later on in the book, Behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And uh, Dr. Thomas Schreiner, who teaches at uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, is also a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky, writes on Luke seventeen twenty one, and uh, he writes, Jesus is not saying to the Pharisees who opposed and doubted him that the kingdom was inside them. He was claiming that the kingdom was among them like leaven and flour. The kingdom comes through Christ, the son of David. The promise of worldwide blessing made to Abraham and the promise that kings would come from him would be fulfilled through a davidic king in accord with the covenant made with david the lucan a fancy word for luke birth narratives therefore emphasize that jesus is the son of david the king jesus is the king thomas one of jesus's disciples after jesus rose from the dead remember he questioned whether jesus had really risen from the dead and when jesus appeared to him thomas's response was my lord and my god joy to the world the lord has come let earth receive her king joy because jesus is the king of the whole world as one theologian has said there is not a corner of the universe where christ does not cry out mine it belongs to him it's rightly his because he is the king he is the Lord of all the earth. So Jesus brings joy. Jesus is the King. And Jesus is the Savior. Joy to the world announces joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. Exhorts us twice to remember that this season is a celebration of Christ our Savior being born. 
It says, God rest you, Mary, gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Fear not, then, said the angel. Let nothing you affright. This day is born a Savior of a pure virgin bright. I can't even say that. I did it wrong when I sang it. So <laughs> there we go. So Jesus is the Savior. You guys are smart. You're, you have detected a theme so far. So we look at the truth in the song that we see from Scripture as well. That um, in Scripture's relaying of Jesus' birth, we see that he is the Savior. And the angel announced to Joseph uh, that the son Mary was to give birth would be named Jesus. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 121 Jesus's very name means savior notice that the angel says he will save his people from their sins what Jesus begins he will finish so when Jesus cries out on the cross it is finished and you remember that the angel announced he will save his people from their sins you know that it's done he has come he has saved his people from their sins that's good news, is it not? That's the gospel. That Jesus has come and he has saved his people. He has saved me from my sins. He's rescued me from the death grip sin had on me. He's done it. Luke 2.11 For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Not only was this baby born in Bethlehem a king, indeed the king, he was the Savior. He was the king who came for his people to save them. And Jesus himself gives this as the reason why he came. He says in Mark 10:45, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10:45. How does Jesus serve? He serves by giving his life as a ransom for sinners. He is the savior. He's not the savior we want. But he's the savior we need. We'd rather save ourselves. I'll do it. Especially an American mentality. Just pull ourselves up by the uh, bootstraps. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to do it. I'm going to save myself. We can't do it. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So Jesus brings joy. Jesus is the king. He is the savior and last and also most wonderful. Jesus is the conqueror. Um, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Remember Christ our savior was born on Christmas day to save us all from Satan's power. So Jesus did not make salvation from Satan's power possible. He actually purchased that salvation remember matthew 121 he will save his people from their sins he did it and the third verse of uh, god rest you married gentlemen says this day is born a savior to free all those who trust in him from satan's power and might what child is this we can only sing joy joy for christ is born if jesus conquered satan and sin securing salvation for his people when we did this at our church, we closed with a song named uh, called Man of Sorrows. 
And the bridge of Man of Sorrows says, Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full, by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. Jesus is the conqueror, and he crushes the head of Satan and sin as the Savior King. Remember that Jesus' work is one big work, so you can't separate it out. So if Jesus is our Savior, if he is our King, then he saves us from our sins, and he conquers Satan and sin as our Savior King. He is the conqueror. He is the one with the authority and power, the one with the ability to defeat Satan and sin. And this is what all of history has been waiting for ever since Genesis 3.15 when God speaking to the serpent who had just tempted Eve and uh, tempted her to sin and to not trust God and to think that God had did not have Eve's best interest at heart. God says to the serpent, he curses the serpent and says, I will put enmity between you, that's the serpent and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. It's the first gospel promise. Adam and Eve would be at war with Satan, but one day a seed of the woman, a person, a baby, would come and would bruise, would crush the head of Satan. This is the storyline we see throughout the Old Testament. We see that the story continues through Noah and Abraham and David and the kings of Israel till finally one day in Bethlehem one night the king the savior was born and Satan's defeat sin's defeat was nigh Colossians 1 13 through 14 he has note uh, just notice the finality of this he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sin he jesus he has delivered us it is a done deal what has he delivered us from the domain of darkness and what is the domain of darkness it is the domain in which satan reigns at one time ephesians 2 teaches we were by nature children of wrath we followed the course of this world. We followed the prince of the power of the air. That is Satan. Jesus has delivered us. He has conquered Satan and he has delivered us from his grasp. We have been transferred to the kingdom of a new king. We have been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. In this king, Jesus, we have redemption. Satan, our old king, kept us in bondage. But Jesus, our new king, he redeems us and he forgives us. Hebrews 2, we won't elaborate on this one, but Hebrews 2, 14 through 15 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 1 John we will uh, look at this and we are almost done alright
You don't really want to be done, though, do you? You're enjoying this. I know I am. First John 3, 8. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The original language, the Greek here, literally means, literally, easy for me to say, that Jesus demolished the works of the devil and he is nullified and declared the devil free from the privilege he had over us before. So if you are in Christ, Jesus has demolished the works of the devil for you and for you, he is nullified and declared the devil free from the privilege he had over us before. This is immense. If we are in Christ, then Satan, evil, sin, has no rightful claim over us. We do not do the bidding of the devil, of Satan, or of sin. So that lust you've been struggling with, destroyed. The sharp tongue you let loose this morning, destroyed. When you flew off a handle in anger over spilled milk, destroyed. When you wished ill of that person who cut you off in traffic, destroyed. The hate you have in your heart towards that certain person, destroyed. That grudge you've been holding, destroyed. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. These sins are dead because the one who has been sinning from the beginning, the devil, has had his works destroyed. And one day, our conquering king, our conquering savior is going to come back. And Revelation closes in chapter 22 and verses 3 and through 5 and says, No longer Will there be anything accursed? But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Jesus brings joy. Jesus is the King. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Conqueror. He is the conqueror as our king and our savior. That's the truth we sing. That is the truth we sing. That's our savior. That's who we celebrate during this time of year. Don't let this just, don't let Christmas, and this is so easy if we're not careful. Don't let Christmas just be a day. I used to have a, a customer at a um, location of the company I work for. I don't, I'm not at that location any longer, but um, he uh, gave me a song that he wrote. And um, the song was called Christmas is Every Day. It is an okay song, I guess. And I know it's somewhat cheesy and cliche. Uh, to talk about Christmas being every day, but that truth that Jesus, uh, God, the Son, became man, took uh, upon himself our human nature and our human 
weakness and he obeyed God perfectly in all that he did. He fulfilled God's law on our behalf. He died as the perfect uh, sacrifice. He absorbed God's wrath for you. He took your sin upon himself. He destroyed the works of the devil. That's true every day. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about gifts as nice as they are. It's not about spending time with family as wonderful as that is. It's not about watching your little two-year-old open up um, uh, a gift that somebody else gave to you and being more excited about that than anything else that she got, right? It's not about all of that. It's about Jesus. He's the one who brings joy. He is our king, our savior, and our conqueror. That's true every day, not just during this season. I hope these have been encouraging to you. I know at our church, this has quickly become one of my favorite nights uh, uh, that uh, to prepare for. So uh, I hope I hope and pray that it's been encouraging to you and helps you to think a little bit more about uh, this this time of year and this season. Uh, one more thing, and then I, I will be done. I'm gonna we're gonna start a new schedule uh, just to give you a heads up. So we're gonna start releasing uh, two episodes a month. Um, so the next one that we'll release will be on January 11th and I'm hoping that by doing them every other week, we can bring you longer episodes with more substance in them, uh, hopefully a little bit more engaging. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you. I hope you like the new structure. If you don't like it, just let us know and uh, we can consider going back, uh, to the, to the old one. And then also in January, look forward to the um, launching of Theology for Worship Pastors. So thank you guys. As we close out 2015, thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for those who I know have been praying. And um, just continue to pray, continue to send the encouragement, and continue to share. And most of all, continue to listen. We'll talk at you soon. Happy New Year.